Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How is it going? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, doing good. I uh, started a new job yesterday, which you'll hear about on the podcast that will also come out today, uh, which has been pretty good. Won't impact really anything Entertainment Talk related, it's uh, pretty nicely suitable for everything. But uh, apart from that, been good. Just been a little bit more busy than than I'd like to be, but that will uh, sort itself out soon. So, uh, other than all that stuff, uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Well, last week the new 1.0 drop for Medieval Dynasty launched, so I've been sinking a lot of time into that. It's not a complete revamp of the game, but they did completely revamp the main storyline. So if you played any of the early access and played a bit of the story, um, it's not even remotely the same story. It's not at all the same story. So you can go into it completely fresh on that end. They added a few new buildings. They added uh, herbology and potions. I'm still trying to get the whole settlement system figured out. I just I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't really seem to want to work for me. Um, and it doesn't seem to do a whole lot. A lot of the things just in, seem to run on autopilot. But then again, since I haven't really gotten it to successfully work, I don't know if that's just something I'm doing wrong. Um, outside of that, I've been pretty busy with work, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to game past that. Okay, cool. Uh, I've continued with uh, Psychonauts. Uh, very good game. Really enjoying it. Um, lots of just interesting, cool stuff happening. I'm up to the... Uh, uh, just got sort of past the Milkman stage. I'm uh about to talk to the the like musical performer, the the stage performer woman, uh who looks like Medusa. Um like it's it's when you start collecting uh the kids' brains. Some of this stuff out of context that I'm saying sounds really weird. <laughs> but that's I cannot like collecting kids' brains and stuff like that. Um but Obviously, I'm saying some of that stuff without context and things. So, um, which is it, that? That's kind of the game. It is. It's it's wacky. It's weird. It's fun. It's mysterious. Um, I think there's some interesting mystery about this world. Like, why is the world kind of the way it is? Why are certain characters the way that they are? But it's the world of Psychonauts. So you know, you've got little sort of like X-Men kids running around, basically in a summer camp. With like this colonel person who's just like I I, I don't like to th- I don't like to throw the word word crazy around but he is kind of that basically so um, but it's it's fun uh, I'm uh, learning a couple of new things I just got the telekinesis power which is pretty good a, a little bit fiddly in terms of some of the in comparison to some of the other powers but a lot of the other powers are sort of like they work a bit smoother. I suppose because I've got like the shield, I've got the blaster, I've got the uh, the fire ability, I've got um, the the uh, the levitation thing, which you can also like glide with that and everything, which is cool. Um, you know, do you know the point of the game I'm up to? I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really long time since I played. Now, is this the original one or is this the yeah, two? First the one. Sequ- first one, yeah. Yeah, it's been a really long time since I played the original one. Um, but yeah, I vaguely know where you're talking about, and I think that's why the people need to try this game, especially if you have Game Pass, just because it's such a unique world that they built. You're not really going to find anything like it. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's that's definitely true. 
Um, and I mean, like, this, this is, to kind of compare this to some other games, this is about the closest that you can get to a Kojima game without Kojima being involved uh, in that sense. But then that doesn't mean, I would add to that as well, if if Konami was going to make a new Metal Gear game without Konami, it wouldn't be like this, if, if you get what I'm saying. Because uh, it's got mm-hmm. like obviously Tim Schafer's mind behind it with uh, with Psychonauts and Double Fine and everything. Uh, so it's been it's been good. It's been fun. It's it's kind of casual in certain spots. Um, I did have to do a bit of grinding to get the the cobweb duster thing to like clear the some of the areas that you can get to. Um, it only took me about because I had you get these uh, I can't remember what they're called the, these little things that you collect, um, and you had to get eight eight hundred of them to get the cobweb duster but you can get this other thing which is like a uh almost like a metal detector for them you'd walk around certain areas and it would scan them and it only took me like 20 minutes to to get 800 uh, and that was with like trying to get around certain enemies and, and that sort of thing the one thing i don't like about this game um once you get past a certain point in the story there's these little like lions or whatever that are in the camp and I cannot seem to attack them without getting attacked first because they kind of look onto you with their own I think it's pyrokinesis or something whatever and there's like nothing you can do really to stop it Um, I did try once the bar filled up to put my shield on but this lion thing kind of just burns straight through because it will only last the shield will only last so long and it like burnt straight through it and just kept burning me Unless you jump around a bit and try and get the fire off and then you attack, you're okay. But then you've lost like three health things by then. That, that's the, that's almost like the only thing in the game that I don't like. Um, the only other thing I'm not quite sort of okay is the game will tell you to do certain things but not necessarily like the specifics of... Uh, like some things are more obvious than others but... Um, yeah, like the game will give you sometimes a bit more of a vague answer as to what to do. Now you can uh, get, again this sounds a bit weird out of context, you can get a piece of bacon like out of your bag or whatever and call Dr, I think it's Dr Crowley or whatever his name is. Um, and you can ask him for advice. Sometimes his advice is really good because you can ask him like what do you want to, what, should, what should I do in the current situation? Um, sometimes he'll give a very vague answer and it won't help me at all. Uh, and then other times I'll be like, oh yeah, I can do, I, I know what you mean, I'll go and do that. So, th- th- that's the only real two problems I have. The, the the tiger problem is a much bigger one than the guide problem, because I can kind of work with the, the guide that the game gives you. Um, do you remember coming across them at all? The, the tiger things? It's been way too long since I played that game. I I mean I vaguely ish remember, but that was a while ago. So okay, yeah, there'll be these tigers that are in the the main psychonauts camp. You walk up to them to a certain distance, and they'll just look onto you with the fire thing. And there's unless you walk away from it, there's nothing you can do. Well, I, I, at least I can't find any any different way to get around that. So, um, but it's still a good game nonetheless. I'm still I'm still very much enjoying it. So, uh, the other thing that I did, uh, I think I did start it before the last podcast. I can't remember if I've mentioned it yet or not. Uh, I'm doing a Mason Greenwood, uh, who's a Manchester United footballer, um, become a legend 
mode. Now this is basically Pez's version of uh, Be A Pro. On FIFA it's called Be A Pro. Uh, it's basically where you take, you can either make a player so you can put yourself in the game or whoever you want to put in the game, you, you can do that. Uh, you can give them whatever shirt number, you can be in goal, you can be in defence, midfield, striker, whatever you want. Um, but I decided uh, Greenwood's pretty young. I mean, you can actually change the age anyway of players. I made Ronaldo 15, which I found quite funny. Because uh, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who I'm talking about, he's 36 in real life. And I went to Cavani's name, because he's 32. 233 he's a Manchester United player as well I went over to both of their um player editors and I changed them to 15 years old <laughs> um I kept Greenwood at 19 I think he's 18 19 on the game uh so he's, he's Man United sort of young striker he's really really good is one of my favorite players I thought I would select him because I, I I've played like being pro modes before where I'll put myself in the game but sometimes it feels a bit strange it's like okay <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, you, you'd pick me over Ronaldo, wouldn't you, kind of thing. Um, but I, I picked on, uh, I picked Greenwood and um, scored a couple of goals. I'm not expecting to do too much. Greenwood's well-rated on the game. He's got some pretty good stats. They're not, like, too overpowering. They're not too underpowered, uh, but they're pretty good. So I can, like, work my way to get some goals now and then. Uh, I will say this, though. Pez is, uh, I think it's called Become a Legend mode, is much better than Be a Pro on, on FIFA. First of all, the team selections, because you don't select the team, because you're, you're doing it from the player's perspective, you just get told if you're picked for the next game. The um, the team selections from the manager are much, much better. Uh, sometimes there'll be certain players a little bit out of position here and there, but, you know, can be experimental. Um, it's much better in terms of that kind of stuff. I feel like the team plays a bit better. Uh, they make more re realistic passes. They pass to you in more realistic situations. Uh, the interesting thing with um, Pez has become a legend, though. You can't call for the ball when, because uh, in FIFA, you could, if you're if you've not got the ball, you can press A. You'll have a little sign above you, and no matter where you are on the pitch on FIFA, the player will try to pass to you. Um, that wouldn't happen in a real game. It it just wouldn't. Um, so it's it's much more about sort of if you go on the on the Pez one. If you go where the ball is or near the ball, you put yourself into some space where you should where you could be passed to. You'll get the ball passed to you. But if you're like on the other side of the pitch, the player's not going to suddenly turn around and boot the ball down the pitch towards you just just because you called for it, which I find to be a lot better. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 more green ingrained into sort of the the AI and whether they think they should should pass to you. Um, so yeah, it 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 works. I think a lot better. Uh, I've played a good chunk of games so far. I finished the Champions League group stage, got qualified. Uh, I don't score every game. Uh, some games I do get substituted off, but that's going to happen. Uh, I have got to a point where I am starting every game though, which is good. Um, but yeah, it uh, it works out pretty well. Uh, what do you think of the sort of idea of? Like a be a pro kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that they're trying to get, you know, expand the game into more than just here's their current roster. Go at it. Pay another 60 bucks. Uh, so anything to improve that experience, I'm always a fan of. Uh, like I said before, I'm not much into the sports games itself. I haven't played one and, you know, extensively played one for a really long time because of uh, the EA deal with Game Pass. I've downloaded and tried a couple, but 
it again it just gets to the point to where you know i'd, I'd rather just go out and play actual sports than mm. anything like that so yeah i do miss playing football actually i was very good at football like um i remember i've played for two different teams actually before not really at a like professional level uh i played for like a five-a-side goals team and i did play for a I think they were a non-league team. I can't remember how I even got that opportunity. Um, and I remember... Oh, no, oh no, and I did train for um, uh, one of the places near me. One of their local football teams. I did actually train for, for, for one of them. Um, which, now that I look back on that, I'm surprised that any of that happened. But anyway... Uh, with, with with the goals, you can just like I, if you rang, if I rang up four other people tomorrow and said, "Hey, do you want to put some money together and make a goals team?" You can you can do it. Like you don't need to be in any special sort of league to uh, to do that. You just go to a more professional venue instead of like going up the field or whatever. So um, that's pretty good. But uh, I, I remember even when I was playing football like that, I was I got told a few times that I was very very good at, at uh, scoring. Uh, which I always kind of thought that about myself in in a way. I I just like just the idea to me that okay, you've only got a goalkeeper in front of you and you've got a massive goal. Not in terms of the five aside thing, but an eleven aside goal. I always looked at the goal and I was like, in, instead of me thinking how am I supposed to get on, this on target, my thought was always how am I supposed to miss this goal. So it always does make me wonder where I, when I see professional players blasting the ball over the bar and it's like. How are you? How are you? How are you missing a goal that's that big? Like the the goal is huge. I get it. It's 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 different. It's like professional level that I'm watching, but I don't know. The goal's just so big. I just I don't know how certain players miss it, uh, especially from like certain particular chances. But no, I was al- I was always told that I was actually quite good at uh, at scoring goals. So maybe one day I'll uh, return to football. Um, but yeah, I've scored a couple of like surprising goals in the in this Greenwood. I'll call it a Greenwood career mode because uh, whatever. Um, yeah, and you can, I've done like a couple of curling shots from like outside the box. I'm trying to play to the way that I know Greenwood plays though, um, and that's helped quite a bit as well. So because Greenwood's more of like he's got some strength, but he's really fast. So I try to use that and things. So it's uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it quite a lot. So uh, that's pretty much everything I've been playing. Um, let's get into some housekeeping, and then we'll get into some news, including the Nintendo Direct. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. 
and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film. And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, let me scroll down so I can read this thing. Uh, right, so we've got the United Cast episode, there's going to be a few of these because there's been... Uh, we started playing two games a week now and there's going to be another game tomorrow. Uh, Manchester United lost 1-0 to Aston Villa at home, uh, embarrassingly. We're, we're not playing well at the moment. We've got some good players but it's just other things that are causing the issues i won't get into it here so uh but we lost one nil to aston villa in a very very disappointing game that was in the premier league uh so that happened uh speaking of football ted lasso had its uh 10th episode of season two last week on friday that will continue on fridays for the next two weeks there's two episodes left so this week's episode and next week but season two episode 10 is for last week's episode but I'm going to keep covering them anyway those are on fridays for ted lasso and i did talk about the shows um Emmy nominations and those sorts of things as well. So not not the Emmy nominations, the Emmy wins that they got uh, last week as well, which was good. Uh, Maynard Edward beaten by West Ham by one goal to nil and are now out of the Carabao Cup. Again, just another really poor performance, another really bad defeat. Uh, might only be by one goal, but it's the performance that uh, you've got to look at as well. So uh, Walking Dead Season 11 Episode 5 is our newest podcast. We'll be talking about Episode 6 tomorrow and then there'll only be including this week three episodes left until the mid-season break so take a look out for that gaming talk last week we talked about the crash bandicoot mystery with all the weird tweets and things like that what's going on with wampa league all that kind of stuff uh we also talked about um uh i keep forgetting the name quantic dream the developer of like um beyond two souls and all those sorts of games they are potentially making a star wars game so uh, we talked about that and we also talked about the awkward bluetooth switch update i haven't actually looked at that at all but uh that's been updated i suppose as well uh, analyzing television episode 13 taking a look at tv adverts uh, and actually watching some adverts on the podcast the good the bad and all of the rest um so there's that podcast as well man united did win a game recently <laughs> Uh, against West Ham by two goals to one. So that was good. That was in the Premier League. So it was an extraordinary playlist. We're up to season two, episode 10. Fantastic, fantastic show. Uh, there was a new episode yesterday. Is it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday for the UK. For those of you that don't know that the show's come back. So uh, go and check that one out, definitely. So that is very good. We're still doing Superman and Lois podcasts. So take a look at those. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms also if you want uh, youtube update notification videos you can subscribe to us on youtube entertainment talk plays for all of those uh let's get into some news
Alright, I'll go first with what's the, uh, the the big headline event this week, the Nintendo Direct. Um, without getting into the specifics of things announced, what did you think of it overall? Were you happy? Were you not happy? What would you think? It was alright. Um, there was a lot of things that made absolutely no sense. Um, most specifically, the uh, the attempt to resurrect a Super Mario Brothers movie. Because I know, <laughs> did you ever actually finish watching that? I know you talked about. No, I am. To do... I am gonna do that for a classic <laughs> reviews episode, though. I just don't yeah. know when I'm gonna watch that. So it's just that and the cast. You know, I mean, I get the casting because it's all popular people. I mean, Chris Pratt's pretty popular right now. Um, Jack Black's always kind of weird, fun, popular thing to have. Anya Taylor Joy, um, big bump from her because. She just the with the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. She got you know into the into the mainstream a lot more than from some of the other stuff that she done, and you know most notably Peaky Blinders and then the new Mutants movie that took you know nine years and a, forever to come out. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean there's a ton of film. cool stuff. I have a couple friends that are like super super into Animal Crossing, so all those new updates they're like getting giddy for. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a solid performance. I didn't dislike it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I quite liked the direct. Not necessarily, I, I mean, the first, like, ten minutes or so were a bit slow, but once we got into some things, it really uh, kicked up a notch. And uh, I thought this was one of their better ones, definitely. But the, see, it's, it's, it's the thing, right? Me saying the first, like, ten, fifteen minutes or whatever weren't great, it wasn't because I thought they showed bad games. They just showed games that... I think are good, I'm just not interested in things like Animal Crossing, and they showed, um, what's it called, Strategy 2, um, the the game that looks like, um, oh, I keep forgetting the name of that other game as well, uh, it's the, it's the, uh, turn-based one that they, uh, the tri- Triangle Strategy, I think it was called, um, they showed off a bit more of that, like, that game looks, looks cool, I don't know about my interest level for it, but it was, that, that's kind of, like, why I, thought that is just because they showed off games that i thought were pretty good but just ones that i wasn't like you can you can look at a game and say okay this game looks really good i just have no interest in really playing it because of maybe the genre or whatever which is directly for me where animal crossing falls into it looks like a very good game for what it's trying to do but i just don't have the interest necessarily to play it so um, then we got into, uh, so I'll get into the announcements that I've got written down. So w- when we, when we recap things like this, it's not going to be us talking about every single thing that was announced. Usually what I tend to do is just write down the things that interested me so I can talk about the things I'm interested in. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, the biggest announcement to me was, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time and, uh, so Nintendo 64 and Sega Mega Drive games are being added to Switch online now they didn't announce the uh price on this direct but somebody i think it was jared petty actually said that they are charging a little bit more money i can't remember how how much switch online is i haven't had it for like a year i think i've never had it and you could have gotten it free when it first launched but then again i didn't have a switch when it first launched so Mm. i want to say it's like 20 bucks a year but i don't know that for sure i know Uh, it was crazy cheap it was cheap compared to the the Xbox and PlayStation ones, so... Yeah, yeah. I think it was like £6 a month or something. Or £8. I don't remember it being any higher than like £8 a month. I think it was £6. So, um... 
Yeah. Uh, what do you think of... Because I, I wrote, wrote down Zelda Ocarina of Time. I think that's the biggest highlight out of those... Um, the, the Switch update announcements. Uh, what did you think of the... Uh, yeah, they're adding uh, Nintendo 64 and Sega Mega Drive games. I think that's I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and I'll talk the, about why I think that in a minute. So Yeah, I think the Sega Mega Drive games are their bigger deal because they aren't uh, properties that aren't owned by Nintendo, obviously. So mm-hmm. getting them on is a bit of a, you know, a, a win for that. Um, the Kirby game, uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land looked interesting. I don't know if I'll pick it up, um, but, uh, you know, I remember Kirby from back in the day. So if they can make it, if they can make me want to play it, then that's definitely a, a, a big thing for them. So, hmm. yeah, um, I don't know. I the, back onto this Nintendo sixty four Mega Drive stuff. Um, I think that's quite. I mean, I talk about people talk about like, the preservation of of old games and things. This very much leans into that. And Nintendo's been notoriously very bad at doing at, at preserving video games. I mean, not only have they not done really anything or very much at all with the virtual console stuff, they've kind of did done the Switch online thing. Um, with was it? SNES and NES games I think they did both eventually mm-hmm. of of those that's like a good start but then when you're doing things like you know making the Mario 3 games uh, sorry not the the three different Mario games and you put them into a collection and then delete them off your store after 6 months for no reason it's things like that that like okay Nintendo isn't doing a good job with with some of that stuff and then like all the copyright things on YouTube and then like taking down emulation sites um but this seems to be this is a good start to try to turn some of those things around um and i think as somebody who looks at like games from the 90s and things like that like the the playstation 1 era and wishes that people had better accessibility to it as opposed to physically buying like ps1 games with a console that's going to cost you quite a lot of money altogether um I think that, that doing this kind of thing, so adding games to like the online services, so like Switch Online or if it's like Game Pass or PlayStation Now, uh, if you're going to do things like that, I think that's the better way to, to go forward. E- either that or you just simply have, like for example with the Jack and Dexter games, um, which are the, the PS2 classics, you, there, there's a certain little section of the PS4 store where you can buy certain PlayStation 2 classics like GTA uh, San Andreas and Canis Canon Edit. That's the other way to kind of do that, I think. But I, I do just think that Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo should be looking at the subscription services they've got. Not not the monthly ones, so not the um, not PS Plus and Games with Gold. Sorry, not, yeah, not PS Plus and Xbox Live Gold. I'm talking about like PlayStation Now and Game Pass and obviously Switch Online with this situation. I think all three of them need to look at their... I mean, Xbox has done quite a good job with it. You can play like... I mean, I'm playing Psychonauts at the moment. It's an Xbox original game. So they've done a good job with that. But I think all three of them really need to look at their uh, libraries of games. uh, Especially PlayStation and Nintendo. And try to figure out... Whether it's going to be ports, remasters, remakes, whatever you've got to do. Or like HD uh, classic things or whatever. Uh, like HD collections, whatever it is that you want to do, I think those three companies need to find ways to do that. So this, them adding the N64 games and Sega Mega Drive games, I think is a good step forward towards towards doing that. There's a ways to go yet, but I think it's a good step towards that. 
Um, what do you think about like the preservation of old games and how that can be sorted? Yeah, out? I'm a I'm a big fan of preserving old games, especially like the super old ones from like the early '80s and prior to that, because there's almost no way to play some of those ColecoVision and uh, Commodore 64 style games. I mean, I know there's some emulator sites, but it's one of those things that modern machines run so fast you actually have to slow them down in order to get them to work properly. So it's just a matter of that working or not. Um, and it gets harder and harder every year because of uh, the improvements in the machines themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I think that's a really good uh, thing for them to do. So, uh, And the game that stuck out to me the most is Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, have you played it at all? I don't think I have. No, I never owned a 64 but I don't know if I ever played it when one of my cousins owned it or not. Okay, okay. I've heard that it's one of the better ones because there's things. There's ones like what was it? Majora's Mask, um, Wind Twilight, Waker, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, um, and then obviously Ocarina of Time. I think that those are like the most talked about ones as well. You got Skyward Sword, um, which a lot of people didn't seem to be be too much of a fan of. Um, but yeah, if they could start getting some of those other ones, like the the Majora's Mask and the the Wind Waker one, uh, on there, that would be pretty good. Do you think you'll check out uh, Ocarina of Time? I think I think I'm going to. No, probably not. I honestly, my next the next couple of months for me are super busy right now with work, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of time to play games in general. And two of the big two of the three big ones that I play just had their major releases, so I know I'm not going to have time. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, as somebody that liked Breath of the Wild quite a lot and tried some of, I can never remember the name, the 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 old, the other old one that they remastered. Um, um on, Link's on, Awakening. Link's Awakening. That's it. I I I quite liked it, but it just again had a lack of guidance, and I got annoyed with that. Um, yeah, I I'm interested in definitely trying more uh, Zelda games, so this will probably be the next one because this will probably I can't remember what the release date they said was, but obviously Breath of the Wild Two is going to be a bit of a ways off yet, so uh, that will probably be the next one that I'm trying. Um, yeah, let's go to this Mario cast, Super Mario cast for this uh, animated film. So these are all going to be doing voice acting roles for it instead of a live action version like they tried before. Uh, Chris Pratt as Mario, Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, uh, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Fred Armisen uh, as Cranky Kong, Kevin Michael Richardson as uh, Kamek, uh, Sebastian Manisclo as uh, Spike, and then surprise cameos from Charles Matt. Mart- Martinet, I think his name is. Um, I think that's that's the person that voices like Mario currently, isn't it? I think like he's voiced Mario yeah. quite a few times and stuff. So yeah, um, that that would be cool if you if they if you're gonna do an animated Mario film and you're gonna have cameos from the uh, one of the main voice actors, um, you could do some pretty cool stuff with that. Um, in terms of the main cast, because I'm not familiar with, like, Kamek and Spike and, like, Cranky Kong. Uh, I'm more familiar with, obviously, Mario, Peach, Luigi, Bowser, uh, Toad, and then Donkey Kong. Um, they haven't got, uh, Donkey Kong, uh, Jr., who was in the, um, Super Mario Sunshine game. 
so I, I'm not quite sure what happened there. But then they got Cranky Kong, which I guess is a alternate or something like that. So uh, overall, I think this is a pretty good cast list. Um, I don't really have that many uh, that many problems with this. I think that they they fit the roles uh, pretty well. Uh, what would you would you think? Anyone in particular that sticks out? Uh, not really. No. I mean, it is a good cast in the sense that they're all known. They're all uh, well known actors. They're all you know good at what they do. So this is just you know putting popular people in a movie. Like I said, it's so weird that they're trying to resurrect Super Mario Brothers as a movie. Um, maybe it was because the Sonic movie was a halfway decent movie. Did you ever oh, see that so. either? Yeah, I reviewed that, and the uh, they also did Detective Pikachu, yeah, uh, which I which I quite liked. Ryan Reynolds yeah, is the. I like Detective Pikachu as well. I thought that those two movies worked really well. Yeah. Um. So that might have you know inspired them to. Oh, I think to have another go did. at it, but yeah, yeah. Um. Hopefully, it will push Activision to do a Spyro or a Crash film. Uh, there was the cancelled Amazon uh, Crash TV show, so it's a shame we won't be seeing that. Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, I one thing I really like about the Sonic and the Pikachu films is the way they incorporated the actual characters with live action people. I thought that worked really, really well. Um, and the the Pokemon themselves looked more like they might do in a live action situation as opposed to like the cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. uh i thought that worked pretty well you won't be seeing that really with the the mario film because it's all animated anyway um but uh but yeah i think you know if we get more of these like platform and mascot characters there was supposed to be a sly cooper film there was supposed to be a sly cooper tv series as well but none, no, neither of those things happened uh i remember a couple of years ago i think it was about 2019 there was a October date set for a Sly Cooper TV show. October came and went, and nothing nothing came out. There was no trailer, the, the, nothing. I, I'm not sure what happened to the Sly Cooper thing. Uh, is, there, is there any other platformer mascots you'd like to see get TV or film treatment? Um, not off the top of my head because they they've done Halo as shorts and as animated. Uh, there is a Drake's Uncharted movie coming out. Um, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. I'm sure there is something, but mm. yeah. Um, who is uh, Microsoft's platformer mascot? Halo. That and Gears of War. No, I mean platformer mascot. Like oh, platformer ma- mascot. Um, they don't really have one. Maybe the character from uh, oh, what's that one game? Uh, Shadow Complex, maybe the character from Shadow Complex, but I don't think he's well well known enough to justify a movie out of. So, yeah, because you got like Banjo and Kazooie, but they're like in limbo. Uh, they're on the Smash Brothers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Banjo and Kazooie, I think both of them are. Yeah. Um, I mean, PlayStation's had probably most of them. Um, because obviously Sega had Sonic, Nintendo's got Mario. PlayStation had Crash Bandicoot, now that's Activision. But PlayStation still got like Sackboy and Astrobot and uh some of those other characters. So um even I mean I don't know about platformer mascot, but Kenya seems to sort of be a bit like that. The, the Kenya Bridges spirits, maybe. Not not in quite the same sort of like cartoony little animated character. Kenya's supposed to be like a person. 
so it's not quite the same thing, but still. But no, Xbox doesn't really... I mean, guess if you count Cuphead, but then Cuphead's not anywhere near as big as, like, Mario, Sonic, and Crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Cuphead is getting a TV show, actually, isn't it? Um, I think it is, yeah, but the the art style of that game is a cartoon anyway, so hmm. yeah. making it a cartoon is no real big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the one I'd like to see the most is obviously Crash. Um, you could do a very good Oddworld film, actually. Um, obviously Abe with the, with the, with the Oddworld series. Um, you couldn't really do it in the same fun cartoon way that the others would be done, because, you know, the Oddworld games are kind of about slavery. Um, but then there is sort of the weird comedic part put into it, which does actually work very, very well. Um, but you could do a really good, uh, Abe film. I'm just not sure what story you'd tell with that, unless you told the same story. So... Um, cause with like, with something like Oddworld that's got a specific actual plot and story, as opposed to like Sonic, Mario and Crash that are just, hey, it's Sonic and Crash and Mario and Pikachu, they do what they do, you know, Mario takes on Bowser, it's like, you know, so there's not too many things specific with that. Uh, let's move on from that, they, they said that was going to be in theatres in 2022, so you got that going on. Um, I wonder if that if that's a success. I I'd like to see something done with Zelda, TV show or film, whether it's live action, animated, whatever. I'd like to see something from Zelda. That would be uh, that would be cool. Well, see, that would be something that would break the internet because a few years ago, IGN made a very very realistic looking trailer for a Zelda movie as an April Fool's Day joke, and it pissed a lot of people off that it wasn't going to be a real thing. <laughs> people got really mad on it. Mm. Well, that's not a hard thing to do, but uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on from that. Talk about uh, Metroid Dread. Uh, I think they gave the date of like October 8th or October 10th. I didn't write it down, but that's very, very soon, actually, which I'm quite happy about. Uh, I really, really like the look of this game. Uh, I don't know much if anything really about Metroid but it looks like a good 2D side scroller kind of action game it it looks like good at what it's trying to do um yeah i think each time they've shown this off which i think i think they've shown it twice before the initial announcement thing and then this which is where we got a little bit of a better look at the actual gameplay i think this game looks great um how about you yeah it looks really good i mean it's definitely got potential mhm yeah, do you think you'll... I oh know you said that you've got the other games that you're going to uh, play um, yeah. in, in the immediate future. Do you think you'll try at some point later down the line? Kind of depends on the games that I have out now, uh, how much time they take up. You know, next month I'm not even going to have a whole lot of time in general to play, so... Okay, okay. But uh, no, that looks fantastic. And uh, I will try and get that as a day one rental boomerang. Uh, as I do with with all my games and stuff, but uh, that's one that I do want to play, um, like when it comes out, which is a a good good sign. So, uh, one game that I'm not specifically interested in, but it was worth bringing up. Uh, Bayonetta three was shown off again, or if they shown off again. It was barely shown off in the past, and they haven't shown it in a while. Um, I just don't, I I look at the Bayonetta games because I've looked at gameplay of the first and the second, and I think I played. A very small portion of Bayonetta 1. I think I did. And I was like this is cool. 
but it's just there, there was nothing sticking out to me where I was like, okay, I want to see more of that from this game and keep playing, or that there was no specific element that was making me want to play more of of the game. Um, but I, again, I think it looks great. I just don't know like which which part of it is trying to pull me in, which is none of them really. Um, but some of those games can be a little bit more sort of mindless action and like combo building, a little bit of like a Devil, Devil May Cry kind of thing. I'm not quite so into like doing that necessarily. Uh, what do you think of um, Bayonetta three? Uh, I mean, it's a game that's you know one of those twitchy, you know, high rea- high speed reaction kind of a games, and I know some people really like them, so I'm not gonna you know fault on them for that. Outside of that. It's just not a game that I've been really good with, so. Mm, yeah, but uh, I again I think it looks great. I just there's there's nothing specific making me think yes, I need to play that. So, um, but who knows? Maybe if I give it a shot, and it, it might be better than I think, or there might be something interesting with the story. Who knows? But uh, it's just the the gameplay loop that doesn't really pull me in. So, because uh, I played some of Devil May Cry three or four or something um and it was pretty good but like there was nothing really in the story that was interesting so i kind of just stopped so yeah uh, as you mentioned earlier this is the last thing i got written down on, on my side for the nintendo direct a new kirby game was shown off uh i find kirby's mechanics interesting so he can basically like possess the powers of what is it other other people or whatever or other like objects and and things and he can use that to fight back against the enemies um that's an interesting concept i just i don't know i looked at this game and thought is this going to be like too easy is it going to be because i look at this and i look at something like sackboy new adventure uh which sackboy looks like a particularly sort of easy game i've I've heard that from a few people that it was just a bit boring because it was too easy I look at this Kirby game and I think about the Sackboy game and I just see certain similarities that I don't really see with like a Mario or a Crash or a Sonic game. Um, but the, the mechanic of what he can do sticks out as quite interesting to me so I might check it out. Uh, probably not on like release date or anything but it's it's one I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on. What do you think of this uh, Kirby game? Yeah, like I said, it looks really good. I don't know if I'll be able to pick it up and play it for any length of time. It just kind of depends on... I Did they give a release date? Because I don't remember seeing one. I, um, I, don't, I don't remember seeing one, though. Yeah, so it really is just going to depend on when it comes out and what my schedule will be like at that time. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, did you have anything written down for the Direct? No, I, I mean, everything that we've talked about is you know pretty much my thoughts on it. So, Cool. Uh, let's move on to... The Last of Us Day news, which was 26th of September, uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was, yeah, a few a few days ago, uh, on the Sunday. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Last of Us Day is, or why there is a Last of Us Day, uh, there's a fictional day within the game itself for when the outbreak started, which was supposed to be in the actual calendar of the game, uh, the 26th of September, I think it is actually 2013, I know that's the, re- I know it came out in 2013, the actual game. I think I think the actual uh, event itself was supposed to be in 2013. I'm pretty sure. Um, 
But uh, yeah, they revealed a couple of things. Not everything that people liked. They wanted people wanted more news on factions and stuff like that. We'll get to factions in a minute. But in terms of things that were shown off, uh, there was a new Joel statue revealed. He's holding a guitar, and what did he have in his right hand? He had like a hammer or a gun or something like that. Uh, Joel, of course, uh, played and performed by uh, Troy Baker, who is in The Last of Us Part Two. Um. I don't really have as much interest to get this Joel statue. I kind of still want the the Abbey one. That's not to say I'm not going to get the Joel one. And there's there's a few things about this Joel statue that... It's not because I don't want a figure of of him or like a statue of him. I I like the character. I don't think this statue looks particularly interesting. Um, Because if I look at the the Ellie one that I've got, because there's two different Ellie ones. One is her with a um, guitar sitting down, and the other is Ellie with a bow and arrow, which is more of an action pose and everything. That's the the one that I've got, the Ellie one with the the bow and arrow. With the Abby one, it's her holding a hammer, and it looks cool, and she looks kind of menacing and that sort of thing. With Joel in this kind of pose, I I just, it's not me not liking the character. I really like Joel a lot, I I do care about him. I just look at the pose that he's in, and I'm like, okay, I I want you to be doing something else. Like, put put the put the guitar down and like point your gun or or, or something like that. Um, but he's kind of like he's standing there very casually. He's got the guitar in his hand, and then he's got his like pistol revolver thing in the other hand. But it's like pointed down. He looks very very casual. I know it might be a bit of a nitpicky thing to say, but I just would like him to look a certain way if I'm going to put him on the shelf. Uh, I'm sure they'll probably make another one later though or, or there'll be another one that I can get uh did you see the statue what do you think of it and that kind of thing yeah I looked it up it's very nonchalant looking is the best way I can describe it so mm-hmm. yeah um I'm guessing you haven't got any last of us statues because you didn't play you didn't finish the first game in that so I'm, no I finished I'm, I the first I finished the story oh, yeah, part of the it, first game I never did the full collectible run um no, I'm not going to get it, but to be fair, I've been kind of getting out of the collectible thing. Um, moving twice in the last two years tends to put a cramp on your ability to collect stuff. So, mm, Yeah. Uh, I'm still, by the way, looking for that Crash Bandicoot figure. Um, the, the comic book shop that I used to find it in, obviously it was closed for a bit because of lockdowns and whatnot. It's been open for a while now. Uh, it's not in there. It's just they just They never basically had it. Uh, and it's been like a year now. Uh, I looked in there the other day. I went to local town for certain things. Um, I think it was when I went to see Suicide Squad or something like that. And uh, they just didn't have it. But they, they've always got like everything else here. I've like Mario stuff in there and Spyro stuff and uh, loads of the other like statues and things like Batman and that. But no, I've even asked them before. They've looked in their like warehouse and stuff. They just don't have one. Of the uh, the crash figures, which is uh, a bit annoying. Every every time I find it online as well, it's always just a bit more expensive than what I'm willing to to actually pay for it, which is a bit annoying. Um, but uh, no, still still just not. Uh, I mean, I've found it. I can buy one on Amazon, but I've not found a reasonably reasonably priced one like there was before. So that's uh, a little frustrating. Is there any collectibles you're looking for particularly? Anything? Uh. No, not off the top of my head. The last collectible I did get was a Funko Pop for uh, Johnny Silverhand for Cyberpunk 2077. And there really hasn't been a game launch that's come out since that's something that 
you know, is a game that I play that I would want to have a collectible for. Mm. Yeah. See, with, with that for me, I really like Cyberpunk a lot in the game, and I like Keanu Reeves a lot, but I didn't like the character of Johnny Silverhand, so I wouldn't really go, I wouldn't really get like a Funko Fox. Uh, Funko uh, pop of that. I'd like to get one of like V or Jade or um, ah damn, it, I've forgotten her name. Uh, the one in the Badlands. I finished the game with with that character. Uh, I can't remember her name. Pa- Pan Am. That's it. Uh, one of like her or Jade or V or or somebody like that. E- even like Dex maybe or like Jackie or somebody like that. Um, I mean Johnny Silverhand is one of them characters to me that's. He was supposed to be a character that I didn't like. I felt at least from the the choices in the game that I made. But uh other than that, no, I wouldn't really necessarily go for a uh collectible for him. So but anyway, they announced a Joel t- the a Joel statue. And then several hours later, because of course you've had the whole day to do it, they showed an image for the Last of Us TV show, our first ever look at it. Uh, it's a picture of uh, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal as um, Ellie and Joel, the two lead characters, looking at some sort of plane crash. I think that might be a little bit of a new piece for the the TV show. I don't remember that happening in the game. Um, the photo is actually them from the back, so you can't see their faces. I'll say this. I've never been this excited by seeing a character's back before. <laughs> just because like you know it's the first look that we get and it's them in costume and Ellie, Ellie's backpack looks accurate and like they all look they, they look they look good in costume and everything and it's just uh as I said on a few times on the on the the world of last of us podcast episodes um it's gonna be the fascination for me of seeing this thing come to life which is the same thing that happened to me with the witcher show which was like playing Witcher 3 really enjoying it and then seeing the TV show with Henry Cavill and seeing the show come to life in, in full like live action form um, I will admit obviously I've got a, a bigger connection to Last of Us than I do with, with Witcher but I still love both of them uh, did you see the photo what would you kind of think yeah I saw the photo I didn't really get a whole lot of context from it because I haven't been in as deep with the game that you have mm-hmm. but you know like I've always said if somebody likes something and then they get a version of that that they can like any more even more that's always a good thing i'm not going to crap on it it's just i don't have the same connection as you do with the game so my interest isn't nearly as high mm. yeah but uh no, it's just interesting that the first picture they released is like them from the back <laughs> uh but people were still getting really excited i got really excited posted i put some like facebook posts and tweets out and stuff so that was great um there is the factions thing but you uh actually have that on on your side so uh what's the update on that well the update on that is that they announced that they're gonna announce when the uh, multiplayer comes out quote when it's ready According to the article, a post on the Naughty Dog website, Senior Manager of Communications, Rochelle Snyder, explained, in short, we're working on it. We've seen the community comments, and as many of you clamor for multiplayer and want updates. For now, say that we love what the team is developing and want to give them the time to build out their ambitious project. We'll reveal more when it's ready. So obviously, and I, I never got a chance to play it because I wasn't you know, in from the initial rush for Last of Us. But I've heard that the uh, multiplayer was really, really good for Last of Us. And obviously, with as big of that game that the sequel was, 
people want to play the multiplayer for that sequel and they can't so mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean it's pretty much as simple as you know it will be ready when it's ready hopefully that's more true than other companies have, have kind of said before um but yeah i mean you know some of those people who are i mean there probably is i haven't seen any specific examples but there probably are people that are sending like neil Druckmann death threats or or whatever or you know that kind of thing not just because of this game but because of like that's just the way that people kind of are in this day and age um but to those kind of people like okay if you've got last of us factions in three months and it's broken you're not going to be happy about it and then you're going to again moan at the company anyway so I I do feel sorry for like game com- and not not in terms of a money thing, but in terms of like these people, whatever, regardless of like Last of Us or whatever game you're talking about, just in terms of game development, you work on these things for years. Not necessarily things with like FIFA, but there's still a lot of time put into some some of those games. But some of these like bigger games that take years to make. It's a case where, like, okay, do we announce it now when it comes out in two years? Do we announce it now when it comes out in six months or a year or four years or whenever? Uh, I mean, look at, like, what Bethesda's kind of done with some of them things, like Starfield and, um, what was it, the, the next Elder Scrolls game. They were announced, like, years ago, and we haven't seen anything from them. And it's like, okay, some sometimes some games just are announced too early, and then you just hear nothing about them for two, three, maybe four years, apart from some screenshots here and there. Uh, I mean, even with the the E3 update that we got about Starfield for Xbox, it didn't really show it. The trailer didn't really show us anything like significant. It was a bit of an update from them and stuff, but it's one of the things where game companies have got to carefully look at: okay, how long is this game going to take to make? Even if we say it takes five years, or we estimate it takes five years, it could take six or seven. Uh, or if we think it's three, it might be four and a half. Although, even if we get six months to the date we think that we're going to make it to, something might happen. It might be another three months. It might be another six months. Um, and I, I, I couldn't imagine what it's like to try to line that up properly. And to say to certain gamers, okay, here's our game, big full announcement. It's out in a year. You know, you slap you slap a 2022 date on something, for example. Then you get to, like, the end of 2022, you don't hear anything about it. Maybe they've had a bit of development trouble. Did they announce it too early? Too late? People are annoyed? People want to play the game? And then the non- nonsensical comments come out about, like, you know, the company's stupid or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think, you know, if, if Naughty Dog on Sunday came out and was just like okay yep Last of Us Factions 2 whatever it's going to be called is real here's a logo see you soon um cool it's great that that would have then been announced but we'd have no idea what it looks like no idea how it well, we'd have a bit of idea of how it plays but we'd have no idea what what it looks like or how it works and that kind of stuff and we'd have no release date and then we'd get a year later if they then realise they announced it too early. You've then revealed a game too early accidentally. So I think they're in that critical part of Factions 2 where there probably is something to show. But it's the point of when, what do we show? When do we show it? And then when when we're able to show something, when are we next able to show something? Is it going to be three months, six months, a year? There's no way of like really knowing. I mean, even aside from like the COVID um 
interruptions that game developers have had and we've seen we've seen several games delayed a lot of times this year um like all all those Warner Brothers games were delayed out of this year you know the the three the um Harry Potter Gotham and Suicide Squad games um I think one of them I think two of them were supposed to come out this year and one of them was was next year um none of them are coming out this year so that's even more time to to wait for those uh but it's it's a uh it, it's an awkward one for them because it's like okay even when we think even when even when they might think they've got something to show for factions too and they go and make a big splash they go reveal it and it looks cool and everything they've got to then work out from there when when's our release date are we going to make it and there's there's just calculations to make so i'm i'm kind of glad in a way that they didn't just go you know what gamers really want to see what we've got let's just show them a logo or something and then wait another year um, what do you think about that in terms of like development companies and trying to them, them trying to work that schedule out? I suppose. Well, the thing with Bethesda, <clears throat> they launched Fallout seventy six and that landed flat on its face so hard you could hear the yeah. thump from Mars. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I get them wanting to put out like little bits of teasers to kind of give people hope for the future. Um, but yeah, it's like if they had just announced it now, it'd be a thing that we could at least talk about, but they asked it, you know, they entered it, um, two years ago and we've had pretty much nothing to talk about in those last two years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't, it, when, when they're ready to announce something, they will. Uh, I've not got any reason at the moment to think that naughty dog's going to put a bad game out because I've enjoyed pretty much, all of their games that I've played, it, even if you take like, okay, I didn't really get on with Jack and Daxter. It wasn't because I thought it was a bad game. It just didn't really, I just didn't click with it. And then, but then when it comes to Naughty Dog and platformers, which Jack and Daxter is, I have Crash there, which they made, which I just think is the better game. Um, so that would, it was just a case with Jack and Daxter where I didn't think it was bad. It just didn't really click with me in that way but then all the other ones they've made like crash team racing crash bandicoot one two and three last of us one and two all five of the uncharted games apart from golden abyss i've played and really enjoyed um so in terms of their sort of record and like track you know track rack on that sort of stuff um there isn't really anything sticking out to me thinking oh you know what this factions 2 might be really really bad because of this there is no because of that thing uh, like as as I've said loads of times before, I thoroughly enjoyed Last of Us Two, which is their most recent game. Um, it's interesting though because Last of Us Two, which is their most recent game, only came out a year ago. So it's like, okay, do we need another Naughty Dog game right now? We know that Naughty Dog aren't like um, some of the Ubisoft teams that make Assassin's Creed games like every year and and all that kind of thing, or like with the Call of Duty games that come out every year and some of those more analyzed franchises uh we know that naughty dog aren't like that really um and you will have to wait like a few hopefully it will hopefully it won't be like seven years until the next one or whatever but um if it takes another even if it takes another like three years to to get factions to here as long as it's good when it gets here that's all that matters uh i think because if if it gets to a point where factions 2 comes out everybody's really enjoying it We'll all forget the fact that we waited a while for it because we're, we'll be too busy enjoying the game. So, but then on the other hand, if Actions Two comes out and it's a mess and it doesn't work or it's not quite as good as we thought, 
then it'll be okay did it need longer in the oven kind of, you know metaphorically um and that's the point that naughty dog has got to work out is how long does it need to be in the oven for and then when do we need to take it out the other oven and show it if you get what i mean so yeah yeah uh but no in, in terms of like okay it's it, it's in the oven now how much longer does it need in there it when it's sort of half ready we can take it out show it to the world a little bit and then put it back in the oven for six months a year whatever uh so they've just got to figure that stuff out so but there's i don't have any reason to think that it will be bad um so w- w- will i play it and stuff i mean sure i'll probably check it i mean it's not your dog and last of us i'm obviously going to at least take interest um but yeah so uh, but that's it for the Last of Us Day stuff. I was relatively happy with what they, with what they showed. The TV, the TV show picture they showed was really cool. I'm glad they did a Joel statue. I'm just not all that into like the the pose that the character's doing. And uh, Factions Two update, yeah, it's ready when it's ready. I mean, I've 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 tons of other games to play at the moment, so I'm just gonna keep playing those. So anyway, that's most of the stuff that I had and a bit that you had. What else did you have to talk about today? Hello, did you mute your mic? <clears throat> yeah, so we do have some interesting news. A new Perfect Dark game is being co-developed by Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix Studios, which is responsible for the Tomb Raider trilogy, which was pretty decent. Um, unfortunately, they also made the Marvel's Avengers game, which was not hot. They announced that they're partnering with Crystal Dynamics, the world-class team behind character-driven games such as Tomb Raider, to bring the first-person spy thriller to a new generation. Um, Perfect Dark's a really old game in terms of, you know, relatively really old. It's not like from the 70s or nothing. But it's one of those games that when we talked, going back earlier to what we were talking about, about preserving games, it's one of those that people were really hopped up on getting a sequel for. Did you ever play the original? I didn't. I don't think I did. Was was it on that um, Rare Replay thing? Or am I thinking of something else? No, it was on the Rare Replay. Okay, I I remember seeing it on there because I did have that game at one point, but I don't remember playing it now. So, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I did not, but that was um because it was released on a Nintendo sixty four console back in the year two thousand. So I didn't have a Nintendo sixty four. So that's how long ago that game was. I know it has been ported to other consoles, and they did make a Perfect Dark Zero, which came out on the 360 as an Xbox Live arcade game. And it got pretty decent reviews, that remake of it. That was um, 81 on Metacritic. So, But I'll be interested to see what they do with that because, like I said, this is kind of a, a beloved franchise in the sense that this is one of those games that people really wanted a proper sequel to. And, and they don't say if it's a sequel or if it's a reboot. They've just announced that it's a new game. So... What happens to Crystal Dynamics if this game is bad? Because the although the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy was good, the identity was lost in those Tomb Raider games. Ha- having gone back and gone through, whether it's through my my somewhat playthroughs of the original Tomb Raider games or the Steve of War videos, um, they basically in because I think it was rebooted in twenty thirteen. They basically mm-hmm. took Tomb Raider and full-on... It was basically a female Uncharted. Now, if you look at the differences between the PS1 games and the actual Uncharted games, they're different. 
because the original Tomb Raider games focus a lot more on survival and like simple like stressful situations such as can I jump from this thing to this ledge and can I make it um whereas the newer Tomb Raider games were like yep you can just sort of jump around and and it's fine and it was just more shooty shooty bang bang explosion Hollywood blockbuster that's not to take anything away from those games because Uncharted does that really really well but that's what Uncharted always was was this Hollywood blockbuster you know fun kind of game um but Tomb Raider in 2013 tried to just become it tried to take too much influence from Uncharted to the point where it lost its own identity uh funnily enough Steve of War hasn't done because I was trying to look for his videos on the 2013 Tomb Raider games and he hasn't made them but uh he did there was something he said on one of his videos I think it was on the Angel of Darkness or something game uh which was a, a pretty bad one and he was like oh yeah and mentioning he, he threw he threw in this quick little comment about mentioning the 2013 games and just simply said like they lost their sense of identity so you take that so that's what they did when was 2013 eight years ago uh so they made those three games they were good games they just weren't really to- they just weren't really tomb raider games they were tomb raider in an uncharted game basically so not bad just completely lost of its identity then obviously they made the Avengers game, which I've talked about once or twice, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which just didn't work, didn't work at all. Um, there's certain gameplay aspects that were okay for that Avengers game if you learn how to do certain things, but the whole online functionality of that game and the battle pass and the microtransactions just just didn't just didn't work. So if you're now to tell me that this Perfect Dark game, which I've not really got any like particular attachment to but i'm curious to try out anyway has got that developer on it that makes that just makes me put question marks up of like okay are are they going to be good enough to to do it because uh, from what i mean i don't really know much of their track record before before 2013 but they've made four games since then the tomb raider trilogy and the avengers game so the last four games have either been lost of identity to the original ip or a bad Avengers online game that had a, from what I heard, decent storyline. So if you had to take that developer and put them on Perfect Dark, I I, I just don't know. Um, what, what what do you think? Do you think that's going to work out? I it depends. If they stick more towards the uh, Tomb Raider side of the style and gameplay, but then make sure that it remains in the Perfect Dark universe with the Perfect Dark identity, I do think it could be a very successful game. Um, if they muck it up and it's terrible, the next three or four games that they come out with regardless are going to be tanked regardless of anything based off the game itself just because nobody's going to trust them. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they're owned by Square Enix, aren't they? Uh-huh. Crystal Dynamics, yeah. Yeah, because they, uh, pub- uh, Square published the um, Avengers games and that, yeah. So... I, I, I don't know. I just have question marks about how that will work. But then again, I don't know that much about like Perfect Dark and stuff, so I don't really know what they need to do with this. As opposed to looking at Tomb Raider and knowing sort of what that franchise is about and then sort of changing it a bit too much. So, uh, we shall see. It's too early to tell yet. We don't have even an image or a trailer or anything yet. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, uh, what happens with that. But uh, curious. Curious to see what they do with it. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about today? 
Oh, uh, well, we've talked endlessly about um, in-game purchases and things like that. And now the UK's Advertising Standards Authority has increased and tightened its regulations around things like gems, diamonds, Apex coins, other kinds of premium currency. Um, the latest guideline seeks to make it clear how much actual cash you will be required to spend on new cosmetics. Alongside their in-cost uh, premium currency, in-game purchases should be listed with an accurate real-world cost, taking into account any premium currency you might already own. Uh, games should provide clarity on how much you need to spend on a premium currency bundles to purchase something even if it costs less, say, for example, according to the article, a cosmetic that costs 80 coins in a game where you can only buy currency in bundles of 100 for $5 should be advertised as such according to the new agency guidelines. Um, there are a few caveats to these guidelines. Obviously, ASA admits that games where you, have, where you can earn premium currency through play blur this issue, making it harder to apply real-world currency equivalents. It's also not worth noting that the ASA cannot action, actionably punish companies for this, only call them out for breaking guidelines and potentially for them to regulators that do have the power. So it looks like it's you know bureaucracy being bureaucracy, but with at least a good intent. Um, whether or not that'll amount to anything, who knows? I have noticed some games that a lot of the in-game currency stuff has been dying down. So. Hmm. I'll respond to all this with a question. How have we not figured this shit out yet? Well, no, because I'll... everything changes. No, with microtransactions and all that sort of... There's, like, there's been a lot of different times where on the show we've talked about a new whatever it is for microtransactions and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and how like the Belgium government has got involved and they got involved with FIFA and the, the cards and then there was the stupid thing about... Um, there was somebody on on the EA team. I can't remember what they said. Like they 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 described the um, microtransactions as like a game, some sort of game mechanic. I can't remember that quote of of what the person said. But um, I don't know. This just seems to be a lot of complexity with with some. Not like the specific example that you used, but. Um, I don't know, like, t too many companies have tried to use too many different sort of, like, ways of getting around trying to include microtransactions in their games. Uh, and we've got to remember that, like, kids have access to some of these games, like, like FIFA and that sort of thing. And, grant and granted, there's a parental aspect of, like, you know, not putting a credit card on the game that your kid might play, because then they might not be aware of their, like, you know, buying stuff off your card. Or they, or they might be aware, but they're just gonna do it anyway whatever the situation so there is a certainly a, a par parental aspect to it um i don't know i just think that there's there's certain companies that will manage microtransactions better there's certain companies that won't and then you know you've got ea who's notorious for for doing it in a lot of their games ubisoft is getting worse with it like with the assassin's creed boosters and all that kind of stuff um i think there was some stuff in um uh, what was that game I played recently? It was like a, it, it was basically Zelda, but done by Ubisoft. I can't remember what it was called. God, um, not, not Gods and Monsters. That was the old name. Phoenix. F Phoenix, yeah, yeah, Phoenix. Uh, oh, that game. Um, Immortals that, Phoenix Rising, I think. Yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising. That had certain sort of like 
things in it. It had like a storefront and and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just don't know how we've like not quite straightened some of this out yet because this probably won't be the this won't be the last update we'll have about something like this. I, I'm sure in like a couple of weeks or a month we'll talk about some other change with microtransactions. So, but I I think one of the main issues, to be honest, is just to do with trying to. Because you you got to try and get a certain amount of control around this and sort of, you know, ma- ma- making things clearer in terms of what you're buying and the chances. And when, when you're doing like certain loot boxes uh, where you, okay, you're going to buy something for a certain amount, but you don't know specifically what's in there. Uh, it's things like getting that cleared up. But then again, you do have companies like EA involved in that. And how do you sort of get everybody on the same page it it just still seems like a bit of a mess to me and i don't think it's going to get fully figured out anytime soon what do you think well if there's one universal constant is that anything being updated and or quote unquote fixed from the government you're you're better off trying to ice skate uphill because it's not going to happen i mean think about how recently we've been talking about the Digital Millennium Copyright Act and its effects on YouTubers and streamers. That was passed in 1998 and was written in 1996. (laughs) And it's only really now, in the last three or four years, trying to figure out something. I I can't go into too much detail, but the job that I work now does work with state government agencies. And some of the programs I have to interact with are DOS-based programs from the mid-80s. And they're still in use by these agencies today. Um, I had a, a job site that I worked a couple weeks ago to where the computers they were running were running a version of a software that was version 7. And the new version that I was on the new computers that I was bringing was version 18. Oh. So governments do not move fast. So the fact that they've not... I, ours doesn't. <laughs> yeah, nobody's <laughs> does. I mean, it's the... Bureaucracy is the the dirt and the wheels that slows it to a complete and absolute halt. Um, And this is something that it has to get figured out in the non-government sector because the government is never going to get it sorted out. They just don't move at that speed. Mm. Yeah. It's like with... uh, I'll give you an example in a different field. It's like with the... uh, I don't know its effect on the US, but we're having these problems with like petrol here in the UK at the moment. And we got news updates today, and I think it was yesterday. And today, uh, they put out like, oh yeah, the government's trying to do something, and like, oh, it's better than it was yesterday. And to me, my mum, my dad all turned around and we're like, no, no, it isn't. Like even on the way to my uh, my new job today, uh, we, dad dad couldn't drive us because he had to go in later. Um, so we we me and my mum got on the bus and then got on a tram and we went past the petrol station at one point and there was a queue of I don't even know how many cars and it's like okay if you're gonna look at that situation and then a few hours later on the news say like oh yeah the situation's better no it isn't you're being way too slow with it um, so that's that's just just an example of the same like government slowness that you're talking about in terms well, of see a lot of that, that it's thing. not so much government slow slowness as it is government is causing the problem. Uh, we th- went through that here in the 70s but, with the artificial gas shortage. They put in some regulations, basically made gas untenable, and there was nobody was making the gasoline because they made it not worth the effort to do it. And then we're going through another similar one with the new administration. One of the first things they did was shut down everything the previous administration had done in terms of trying to ramp up 
production of various types of energy. And unsurprisingly, production goes down, supply goes down, prices go up. Now, we're not helping ourselves with the endless number of idiots that are doing the unspeakably stupid things. I think the one that tops the cake was some dude had a bunch of tarps in the back of his truck and was literally emptying the, the pump into the back of his truck. Like like a giant bed, like like imagine like a kerosene, like a a petrol swimming pool. And that's what this thing looked like. It didn't have any security. It didn't have any straps. It didn't have anything to hold it in. And when he gets mad at people yelling at him for putting basically 500 gallons of fuel in the back of his truck, saying he's going to go kill everybody, he peels out of the half the bed of the truck, just splashes out into the freeway. You know, the dude literally could have killed like 50, 60 people. With his utter, utter stupidity. Yeah, it's yeah, it's things like that as well. So, um, I saw a video yesterday, actually. Uh, I think it was from somebody in the US. Uh, or it might have been the UK. And a woman basically tried to pump a bunch of uh, petrol into a plastic carrier bag. And then she tried to yeah. double bag it and then put it in the back of her car. And I showed yeah, my I've, mom seen, my, like, I, I've seen I like 50 my, videos of that. Yeah, I showed my mum and dad and they both just laughed. Uh, cause yeah, that, that bag pops in your, uh, in trouble, <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it is things like that, that, uh, don't contribute too well to, uh, the, well, the situation. Forget the bag even popping. You got to remember the flammable part of gasoline is the fumes. All those mm-hmm. fumes are just going to seep into your car. And if you're smoking and you light up, boom. Yeah. Fireball. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, move on from, uh, all that. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, first off, if you didn't get a chance to play the Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer beta over the weekend, or if you did but you want to play some more, make sure you either go to uh, the Halo uh, website to sign up or don't delete your previous download because there's going to be another wave of testing. Uh, the next test that they've got coming up is going to be the big team battle, which is a 12-on-12 mode, which is an increase from the 8-on-8 that they... Uh, did on the previous wing previous weekend um the big team battle beta we use the fragmentation map which features a destiny style loot cave if you remember the original destiny and the loot cave that was quite the funny meme back in the day (laughs) and um this one is coming up this weekend it's starting on the 30th which is thursday it does not give an end date but i can't imagine that it lasts super long probably just for the weekend to do more map testing, more server load testing, because the game itself does come out December 8th, and what in the hell, we're in October next week, we're in October this weekend, uh, okay, yeah. my brain doesn't want to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, this year is, I don't know, it was January like five minutes ago, so. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 2020 lasted for 19 years. It did, 2020 was a very long year actually, yeah, a lot, a lot longer than this, this year. So, uh, anyway, um, I've not really got the interest to participate in the Halo beta. Uh, it's not a game I'm sort of jumping at the gun to, well, jump into, uh, whether that's for the story or for the multiplayer. Uh, I'll play it when I sort of feel like it, but just with the way that Halo 5 went, not with the multiplayer, but with the story, I just don't have the immediate want to jump back in. And, again, just in terms of multiplayer, I have my multiplayer game cod modern warfare which i'm still playing so i'm just gonna keep on playing with that uh how about yourself story multiplayer what do you think i'll probably play the story at some point because i will still have my alt game pass ultimate so it won't cost me anything to buy 
Um, I've never been a big multiplayer shooter, and that's regardless of the franchise. And long-term listeners of the podcast know this, because every time this comes up, I talk about it. I suck at these shooters on a competitive level. I'm not all that much better with them on a you know single-player level. Um, but I'll try the story, you know, give it a couple, three chapters, see if it reels me in or not. Hmm. If it does, great. Probably finish it out. If it doesn't, nah. Just uh, go back to whatever else I was playing. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, all right, so that's the Halo Infinite beta that will be arriving soon. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about was something that came out today, and sticking on with the Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate, the Games with Gold for October just got released today. Uh, first up is a game called Arrow, A A E R O, which is a Xbox One game that has players racing through survival surreal environments and taking on epic bosses. The game features licensed music from Flux Pavilion, The Prototypes, and Neo Signal. Never heard of this game, but I'll at least look at it. The second game is called Hover. It's also an Xbox One game. Set in a 3D open world, you join a rebellious, rebellious group known as The Gamers, our original, and then fight the law by performing stunts and combos over on your journey to an orbital station. That one's free on the 16th. Uh, Castlevania Harmony of Despair is going to be one of your 360 games. It is a drag, you know, Castlevania side-scroller. Um, not the biggest fan of that, but it is interesting because Harmony of Despair has a six-player co-op. But I, the article doesn't say couch co-op or if it's a online co-op. I would have to think online because I don't think you can get six players on a couch co-op game. I think it's limited to four. I think so. And the final game is Resident Evil Code Veronica, which is the game where Claire Redfield looks for her brother Chris, who's gone missing in Europe. Have you played any of these games? Um, no. No. Um, but that's like one of the worst Resident Evil games you could pick from. Um, yeah. So, I, it's... It's funny how what it used to be with games with gold. You'd still have four games. You'd have two that were known and popular, or at least like most people have heard of. One that was sort of like, oh, not quite heard of that one. And then the fourth one used to be like, okay, nobody's heard of this game, and that was sort of like maybe the hidden gem. Now it's a situation where it's like, okay, one of them is like really, really well known. Uh, in this case, maybe too, like with Castlevania and Resident Evil. I would say Resident Evil's a bigger franchise. Uh, so Resident Evil would be like the known game. Castlevania would be like the the one that people, some people sort of know. And then the other two are just games that, well, at least for me, I've never heard of. So it's it, it it's just switched around to that point now. Um, but it's interesting where we we've had a lot of discussions on this podcast about like, okay, what what do you, what do you do with games with gold? You can't keep putting, well, you can keep putting out games like this because they have. But it just keeps looking embarrassing for uh, Microsoft. I mean, the, the amount of comments I've seen on their games with gold for the past, what, year maybe now? Have just been like, okay, this is stupid, this is pathetic, just stop, and all the, all this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, 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 mean, and I mean, there's been no announcements about, like, any changes to games with gold. They just keep putting out these same sort of games. Uh, I would say probably the best game in there is the Castlevania one. The Resident Evil one, I don't really know much about, but I haven't... From what I remember hearing about... Is it Code Veronica, you said? Code Veronica, yeah. 
Uh, I don't remember hearing the greatest things about that game. It's not like if you're playing Resident Evil 2, 3 or 4, which is the more the more critically acclaimed ones, especially 4 and, and 2. Um, yeah, I mean, couldn't you get like Resident Evil 2 remastered from a couple of years ago or, or something like that? But they, they got the this, this one instead. Uh, the other two, what did you say, Arrow and something yeah. else? Arrow and hover, none of which I've heard before. Yeah, what's the what's the pictures for them? Because I I haven't. It seen didn't them. show the pictures. Um, the article that I had didn't show anything, not even the box art. So. Okay, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I I mean, clear clearly the bigger focus and emphasis is Game Pass. You know, with like the day one releases for their new games like Psychonauts two and whatever else, and because they have added. Like, you know, you've got the Yakuza games, I think. You've got a lot of the Final Fantasy games. And obviously, I think every single first-party uh, Xbox game, or at least most of them, are on there. So that's... When you're talking about Game Pass Ultimate, that's clearly the bigger selling point is the actual Game Pass itself and the online functionality, but not the games with gold. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's it's not good. What, what do you think? Hello. Yep, sorry, Mike muted again. I had something buzzing on my phone. Didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, yeah they're not... They are not great games, and I'm not going to lie and tell you they're great games. I don't even know if there's any one of them that I would actually want to check out. Mm. Yeah. Because um, the, the, with the Castlevania game, I've heard most often about, I think it's Symphony of the Night, which is the one that mm-hmm. Colin talks about a lot of the time. Curious to try that one out, but... That's not this one. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on from that to get into the emails, feedback, and whatnot. Uh, if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to write in about anything that we've said to regarding video games or anything that you would like to talk about, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK as a contact page and information in your show notes. Jade says, with all the con- di- sorry, with all the different controllers out there, what different ways do you use? to hold them i think she means like how do we hold each of the different controllers uh to me um i do it the same way with all three not that i use the joy cons that often um i have so i'll just use the playstation example so i've got both my thumbs on the analog sticks then i have my uh they call it the marriage finger and the little finger those are on the back to actually hold the controller then i've got my finger and then my the other two middle fingers uh those are on basically l1 r1 r2 l2 so my middle fingers would be on the triggers and then my other two fingers on the l1 and r1 buttons uh i do know most people tend to play with i think three fingers behind the controller and then they have just their normal fingers that the the main thing what is that finger called because you've got the big thumb middle finger marriage and little one what's the other one supposed to be called just the, the finger the the fourth one we we call it the pinky finger, and then no, the, no, no, the mar- no. you, got, you... you got you got the the big thumb right middle yeah, you finger. You got your thumb. You got your first finger. You got your middle finger. First you got your finger, ring okay. finger, which is what we call your what you call the marriage finger. Yeah, yeah. And then the pinky. Yeah. Okay. So the one that you'd pull like a gun trigger with, the one That's after just... the thumb. What would you, what would you call that? I don't know that I've heard it called anything. At most, yeah. it might be considered like a trigger finger. Okay, but yeah, those those two I have on L1 and R1, but I know a, a lot of people that use basically 
the other three fingers on the back, which I think is a waist, and then just their normal finger covering the four buttons, like the triggers and the two buttons. Uh, how do you hold your ones? Uh, well, my hands are big enough to where on my left hand, my thumb is on the analog stick, and then my uh, trigger finger is on the trigger, and then I can move it up slightly and hit the bumper. For my right hand, my thumb is over the buttons, and then same with the trigger finger, and then the, the back three fingers are holding the controller. Hmm. Okay. I know some people that use, like, the, the crab, or whatever it's called, where you, like, use your trigger finger over the action buttons. It looks, like, really weird and awkward. Yeah. Um, the only time I have to really change that is on Call of Duty, when I'm reviving a teammate. So you hold square to revive a teammate, and then you can't like move around with the left stick while you're reviving you have to stay in one spot because you're bringing them back to life or whatever you're doing with them you're reviving your teammate you can still use the right stick to look around so look around for enemies in case they're going to shoot you although if they spot you while you're rezzing it's probably too late uh you can do that as well so what i do when i'm doing that i use my thumb on square and then I move my left thumb over to the right stick and then use that. It's a bit awkward, but I haven't found any better way to sort of do it. Um, I suppose the crab method would sort of work there. Because if I use my trigger finger on square and then use my thumb on the right stick, but that just would be awkward and I'd have to move it after anyway. So um, that's, that's the only time where I really sort of change it per se. So Yeah, I, what I what I can do is that my thumb t- for the for the buttons, not for the 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 D pad, but for the buttons, my thumb tends to rest in the dead center of the four buttons, and then I can push down, and then the space where the joint is on the first segment and the second segment of my thumb, that can be the uh, A button, and then I can go you know forward to the tip of the thumb, and that's the Y, and then uh, X and B, I can just roll left and right with my thumb, and then cover all the buttons that way. Hmm. Okay. Okay, um, and then yes, the same thing with the Xbox. I use that in the in the same way as well. So, and I don't do any PC gaming really, so there's no difference with that. Uh, Harrison says, uh, "So what happened with Abandoned? Do you trust Hassan?" Uh, for those of you who don't know, Hassan is the one that's developing this game. Uh, they've gone pretty quiet, but again, like, do we need to hear from them every week or every couple of days or? <laughs> it's it's one of the things with gamers where like if a company goes quiet for too long I mean it's only been like a few weeks I think uh, since we had the because the, it was the April 7th is when the announcement trailer launched so it's okay. been a while but no, still I mean, they, no they had loads of updates after that because we talked about the uh, they launched that app on the Playstation um, and then they put like the teaser trailer on that and stuff I think that was some point in August so it's been like three going on four weeks um, but again, like, they don't need to always tweet out, like, work on a trailer. Is that okay? Go back to working on it. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, it, it's a, it's certainly a strange one in terms of the development. Like, they, they're a bit more of an unknown team and all that, like this blue box thing. But, um, again, I, I'll, I'll say, as I said before, if, if they, even if they disappeared, even if their Twitter account Delete got deleted and the game got deleted off the PlayStation thing. No one spent any money on it, so it's not like they they don't owe us anything. Uh, no one's no one's like pre-ordered the game that's going to get cancelled or whatever or like no, no nobody's given them any money. No no consumers anyway. Um, 
I mean, I'd be disappointed if that happens because I'd love to see what this game actually is. But um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think is going on with this game? Do you think it's just just simply a case where it's been a few weeks and they're just working on stuff? Yeah, I think it's just been a case to where they're, they teased a little bit too early and now they don't hardly have anything to show. So mm, Yeah, so again, you've got to work out when you announce things and that sort of thing. So... But I mean, do I trust Hassan? I don't. Re- nobody really seems to know that much about him, so like, I don't have any thoughts on him specifically, anyway. So um, there we go. Uh, Nathan says, "Is there anything specific that makes you happy or annoyed in the game industry?" Um, I wouldn't say I get annoyed by it, but I would say I get sort of like, uh, really, when 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 just when people get obsessed over graphics. Like I just, I just, but that's more of a thing for me where I just don't get it. Like that's just not what I look at. And I did a whole podcast a few weeks ago. It's called the Graphics Obsession. So I won't, I won't get into that because I already talked about that before. Um, but just, just when people were like, "Oh, look at the detail of this thing," and it's like, okay, cool. But maybe that's just a case where it's just simply not my cup of tea to be into graphics and things. So that's just, that's just me. Uh, things that make me happy. I mean. Even if it's a case where a game's been revived or remastered, even if it's a game series that I'm not into, if that makes other people happy and I see other people getting excited about things, like with an Animal Crossing announcement or something like, you know, I I know there was a particular set of people that were happy about seeing the game again on a direct and seeing the announcements. I have no interest in that, but people seem to be very happy about that, and that's that's great as well. Uh, just be just because when it comes to game announcements. I know that not every game announcement is tailored for me and it's supposed to make me happy because I don't play every single game. Um, but that's that's something that's really good. Obviously, when games that I care about get announced, that's that's great as well. Um, the other thing I've never really quite grasped, and again, I've done a podcast on this before, is people accepting bad games. And I've had a number of friends, actually, that have actively said things to me like, oh, this game isn't great, but I paid for it, so I'm just going to kind of finish it anyway. And it's like, okay, you don't, you don't have to finish games that you buy. Like, Obviously, if it's a digital game, you can't get a refund. Maybe that's a different situation. But most of the friends that I know still get some physical games. So it's like, you can just like try and return it or sell it, or like you don't have to put yourself through another 10 hours of this game or whatever. Um... Yeah, it's it's and just them trying to look into other ways of like, okay, this game isn't great or it's not good, but it's still. I'm just they're just kind of going through the motions with it. That's something that's sort of like, oh, it sucks that my friend bought this game. They're not happy with. They don't like it. Maybe they care. Maybe they can't return it, and they're just kind of putting themselves through the game. And you look at a situation like that and you think you'd wish that person would just spend time on something that they liked. Like switch to a different game that they might like or even if it's a different show or something. Uh, that, that's not something that makes me annoyed. That's just a bit of a, a, bit of a bummer of a, of a situation. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just a couple of examples. What, what about for you, things that make you happy or annoyed in the gaming industry? Uh, well, going with the, what you said a bit first, I think the graphics thing is more... Uh, because you're of your age. I mean, me being 47, I grew up when game consoles were literally just a single game and they were black and white. And then we went to the 4-bit era and then the 8-bit era and the 16 and the 32 and the 64. So you missing a good chunk of that evolution, 
I think it's why you're, you're not really connected with it as much. Um, but that's just my thoughts on the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, for things that I enjoy, it's whenever something comes completely out of nowhere to just be awesome. Perfect mm-hmm. example of that yeah. is Valheim. Never heard of that game before. Saw somebody that I follow on Twitch playing it on Steam, looked at it for a bit. So yeah, that was kind of cool. I get it. It's fairly inexpensive for a game and just sunk hours into it. Um, just a crazy amount of time. Same thing with uh, the first State of Decay. Completely unknown game. Just blew the doors off of everything. And now I'm I'm patiently waiting for 3 to come out. Uh, things that annoy me. I mean, to be fair, you know, misanthropic, hateful old bastard. So a lot of things annoy me. Um, <laughs> something specific to the game. Uh, I mean, just just small stuff. Like, I don't even know if there's a way that I can phrase it without just sounding like the old old man get off my lawn that I am. But just people that try to use their game that they love as a reason why whatever console they're, or system they're playing it on is the best and everything else sucks. I mean, we get mm-hmm. it. You like your new console. We're happy for you. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. this game being exclusive on this console does not mean this console won. Gamers win when we have choices, when we're not locked into a single ecosystem. Mm. you won because you were playing a, a good game and you're having fun with it. The console didn't win because it outsold the other console. The console didn't win because this game's on it and this game isn't. Get over yourself. Mm. Yeah. No, I get what you mean with that, yeah. The other thing I guess I'd say is just when I play... This feeds a little bit into the AAA games thing. When I'm playing a game that I have high expectations for, from a company that should be doing a very, very good job because they got the money, time, and resources to do it. But there's just things with particular games and sometimes you look at them and you think, okay, you should have just simply done a better job with this game and you didn't. And it it depends what specific it is because obviously there's lots of different elements in games. But there are certain simpler things with some games where it's like, okay, this this seems like a more simple thing to fix. And... There's not really many excuses as to why you, the big AAA company with lots of money, couldn't manage to do it. Um, yeah, I, I'll give you. I'll give you one. Is I've just had an example that's come to mind. Right uh, now, I don't know this experience firsthand because I I don't play the game anymore. But uh, there was an update a few months ago to the Avengers game, and I already thought just by default of thinking what that game would be like in multiplayer i already thought this was going this was a thing that was there but apparently it wasn't there was a thing within cuz you can pick a team of four i think it's a team of four or a team of six i can't remember i think it's a team of four though and you got your different heroes iron man hulk cap thor whoever you want to choose from black panther's there now you got kate bishop hawkeye you know take your pick there was an update to the game where you could have more than one person play as the same hero. So basically for the last... I mean the game's been out for a year now because it's, it's September now. It came out September last year. I'm pretty sure that update was about three or four months ago. So you say in the last six to eight months roughly of that game's existence before that couldn't allow 
two of your team to say like, oh, I'm playing as Iron Man tonight, you can't. Or like Hulk or whoever you want to choose from. So if you'd, let's say you'd done like some, some grinding in, in your own time with like Iron Man, you built him up to level, I don't know, level 10 and you unlock something. And if you're, if one of your mates has been like grinding at the game as well and he's level 15 with Iron Man, he's, he's unlocked something. You both couldn't play as Iron Man at the same time. I think that was the, the issue anyway. And then they had an update six to eight months later that let you do that. That's something in that game to where, okay, there, is, there isn't like 50 heroes or 30 heroes or that. But there's about eight, ten, I think. They, they've added about three or four, I think, at the moment. That's just a thing where, okay, like, if you've got a team of four and you've got two people that like the same character... One of them has to play as somebody else that they might not want to. Like, it's a thing like that. Like, okay, it's a triple A company, and it's like you got the Avengers IP. If you're gonna make a mistake like that, like you just shouldn't be making a mistake like that with the game. Like, why? Why was that not a thing from the first day? Um, that that's just something where you know with it. I mean, I guess in companies do this if they go through certain bullet points of like, okay, we have this thing, it needs these things. Surely there must have been somebody on that Crystal Dynamics team that thought like, huh, we've got more than four superheroes, so it can't be one per person automatically because there's more than four. So if you've got a team of four people coming together to play the game, they all had to pick four different superheroes for the game. Like, wh- why would you, why would you not change that from day one? That's that's something that, and it didn't affect me because I didn't I didn't play the game, uh, or didn't play it to to that to that degree anyway, but. It's like you know you look you look at that and you think okay you like supposing you and that team have got like you, you different color like one of you's a blue Iron Man one of you's red one of you's yellow one of you's uh, black or like black suited or something like you've got different color suits and you want to team up as four Iron Men and go and kick ass like you couldn't do it not even with two of you letting them with four so it's 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 things like that where. Just you just have to ask the question why 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 couldn't you do something like that? Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Do you, you getting what I'm saying and everything? Yeah, I mean I can <clears throat> kind of understand it in terms of like canon because there's not many times when you would have multiple Iron Men unless you're doing like a multiverse thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a weird thing. So, mm. but then if that if that was an issue, they should have built the script and the missions around that. So to to support like, because I don't, I don't know what the specific dialogues and stuff of the missions are, but they should have just made it to support that. I think so. Anyway, because I'm pretty sure with Overwatch you could have like two Lucios or whatever. I think you could anyway. So yeah. Um. Anyway, that's what we got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, thank you all very much <clears throat> for listening. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to find other podcasts that we do, you can find those on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts, so take a look out for all of those. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can either just listen to more episodes. There's plenty available to be listened to. I don't know how many I've done by this point, but there's there's, there's quite a few. Just take that there's quite a few. So there's there's lots to listen to. Um, so you can listen to some of those. Uh, you can tell other people as well about our content, either word of mouth, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like to use these days. There's so many different things that you can use. Uh, but just tell people about what we do and where they can find it. 
uh, YouTube. Of course, of course, you can subscribe to subscribe. Sorry to Entertainment Talk Plays on YouTube. That's both for the Let's Plays, uh, the the archive Twitch streams and the Let's Plays, which I think is up to date at the moment. Or for simple uh, video notifications, you don't need to even watch the videos. You just see it on your phone. Subscribe to us, and then it will pop up with new podcast, which is called this. And you'll know the episode is out. So you don't even need to watch the, the videos themselves. They're just there kind of for, for notifications. So you can check that out as well. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers. Add free podcast review options. Check that out as well uh, if you'd like to get involved with that. Uh, for your TV and film news, David's got you covered over on Geek Town. That's geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. There is a new episode. It got released a few hours ago. So go and check out this week's news. So check that out as well. Uh, Bex is streaming daily or very, very often, at least at the moment, on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. I know that, uh, speaking of Tomb Raider, she's doing Tomb Raider streams 7pm UK time, which for you, I think, would be 2 o'clock. Uh, Robert, uh, and then mm-hmm. for Pacific Time, that would be 11 a.m. If I've got that right, that's on Monday. She's streaming Tomb Raider. I'm not sure which one, but she's streaming one of those. So check those out as well. And uh, for me, if you want to find me on Twitch as well for my different video game streams, you can find that over on Twitch, eTalk UK. That's everything. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>